0: of Mary, we believe, as did St. John Paul II, that truth is known through both faith and reason. Human reason seeks the truth, but ultimate truth about life cannot be found by reason alone. In today's challenging higher education scene, the University of Mary is flourishing because our mission is to help students live fully in this way, not just existing, but really living, we offer education for the whole of life, and that's the difference. Discover the Mary difference at come That's come
1: Hi, everyone. The Real Presence Radio Spring Live Drive fundraiser is coming up May 8th through the 10th. Please plan to call in and pledge your support of your Catholic radio station. We'll be taking this family reunion all across the listening area throughout the three days from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have a blast, and we cannot do it without you. Please consider becoming an active member of this family of faith and hope if you're not already. It's the Spring Live Drive on the RPR Network, May 8th through the 10th.
2: You know, when we talk about the Holy Trinity, I think the first two persons of the Trinity, the Father and the Son, are easier to relate to. The tricky one, of course, is the Holy Spirit, because we think of a spirit and we think of something that's invisible. We think of something that is really uncontrollable, that that we just can't quite grasp uh, with our senses. And so, of course, we, we struggle to really figure out what the Holy Spirit is all about and who the Holy Spirit is. But nonetheless, we know from what Jesus has revealed in divine scripture, from what he said, we know that the Holy Spirit above all clothes us with power from on high. In other words, gives us an abundance of graces so that we can live the Christian life. We know that the Holy Spirit teaches us and reminds us of all that Jesus himself said and taught. And so as we strive to grow in our relationship with the Lord Jesus and with the Father and with the Holy Spirit, uh, it's super helpful for us to actually invite the Holy Spirit into our times of prayer, into our times of study, and into our day-to-day lives so that we can have the strength to Grow as Christians.
3: France, an enchanting country known for its elegance and richness and an incredible Catholic history spanning centuries, set out to explore this history on the Saints and Sanctuaries of Catholic France Pilgrimage October 10th through the 20th, 2019, with Spiritual Director Father Chuck Huck. You'll have a chance to pray at St. Catherine of Labouret Church in Paris, explore the Basilica of Saint Therese of the spend two days in Lourdes, plus so much more. To reserve your seat, visit Worldstrides.com register trip number one.
4: This is Real Presence Live on the Road, where once a month we bring the show to your community. If you're nearby this morning, come visit us at St. James Basilica in Jamestown. Now, back to more great stories from the local people you know and love.
5: Good morning, everybody. Steve Spolenskowski coming to you live with Brandon Clark. Uh, We're also visiting with Monsignor Walt this morning. And uh, from the Basilica of Saint James here in Jamestown, North Dakota, the original see of the state of North Dakota. Uh, the whole state of North Dakota used to be a diocese. The whole state. When did when did they uh, split it into two dioceses? A long time ago. Twenty five years after it started. So. Okay. Okay. So now with now we have in North Dakota we have two dioceses: the Diocese of Fargo and the Diocese of Bismarck. This hour we're going to visit with uh, uh, Jeff Trembauer. Um, about the St. John's Academy here, and there's some special um, things coming up tomorrow uh, that you've been working on for a while. So good morning, Jeff. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here with us. Give us a little, uh, before you tell us what's coming up tomorrow, give us a little backstory. What have you been working on here for the last number of months?
6: Well, uh, where to begin? So... um this is my first year in, in elementary education, uh, my first year outside of uh, a 20-year career in, in coaching. So I've uh, been working on getting my feet underneath me for the most part, but uh, learning what, what happens at our school and, and uh, just kind of the procedures and protocols. But uh, also on top of that, we, we've had um, a capital campaign uh, underway for uh, an addition and renovation to our school. Uh, and this is a, a long time coming. There's been a lot of planning and organizing and fundraising uh, to get us to this point. And, and really, I've been kind of fortunate to, to hop on at the tail end here. I get to see the fruits of everyone's
1: labor. So, Excellent. You know, you, you talk about coming from a coaching background, so maybe we could back up just a little bit and talk about How'd you become a principal if you if you were a uh, basketball coach for twenty years?
6: Well, you could probably brain, blame the man across the table from me right now, <laughs> uh, Monsignor Wald, for that. Uh, uh, it, it's a interesting way that God works. And seventeen years ago, this this August, Monsignor uh, married my wife and I at Holy Spirit Parish in Fargo, and um, we remained in in touch with one another for the last seventeen years, and I pursued my coaching career and and you know you you stop and ask yourself I I think every coach does it was amazing when I finally made the the decision that it was time to do something else uh, and shared that news with some of my coaching colleagues and they said oh I think about it all the time you know and uh, you come finish a a season and, and you reflect on is this what I should be doing? Am I doing? Is this where you know for me it was? Is this where God wants me and my family? And um, you know, it, it came that time uh, this this past uh, early summer, and um, I had some real questions about that. Uh, I, I enjoyed coaching. I enjoyed mentoring young men. Um, it, it's a, a profession of uh, tremendous highs and also tremendous lows. And, and it comes with a significant uh, sacrifice, not only personally, but also on your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think any coach that uh, is, has has coached or is currently coaching can sh- can uh, share those feelings. Um, and and I, I added up, on average, it was about 32 weekends a year Wow! that uh, I was away from my family, a lot of holidays, and either recruiting or coaching or running camps, and and um i I have four young children, uh, three of which are at at the academy and and i, I kind of felt like um I was being called in a different direction and and then also as a father, I felt like you know some of those 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 great years were were passing by and and I was missing out on on too much of that so uh when um, when the opportunity opened up at St John's Academy and Monsignor Wald asked if I would have interest in in returning i uh it didn't take me long to say yes Uh, let's see here i get get to work for a a man that i I really respect i get to work in a profession uh and for the catholic church something i'm I'm very passionate about uh and and i also get to spend a little bit more time not a whole lot yet but a little bit more time uh with my family and and it was kind of a kind of a no-brainer, I think, and, and I think it's funny how God works. I mean, I, I just think that everything kind of came together at the right time and, and definitely feel that this has been a great move for me and and, and for my wife, who teaches at the the academy as well, and, and then uh, from our children here in, in the community of Jamestown, including the three that are attending St. John's Academy.
1: That's excellent. And Monsignor, we went out to supper with you last night, and you had nothing but great things to say about Jeff what was it that, that stuck out to you, uh, th- about him, that stuck out to you that made you want to bring him here to, to help run your school?
7: Well, as I said, <coughs> as he said, that um, we kept in contact off and on in these last 17 years. and um, But uh, when I met him um, and Jody, uh, they were a young couple interested in embarking in upon the sacrament of matrimony. They w- were very, very committed to the Catholic faith and living it in their lives. They um, were interested in being an example to other couples and uh, witnessing the faith in countless ways. They were open in, in ways that um, you sometimes rarely see to God's divine providence in their life and, and trusted in his care. And really, uh, what, uh, what touched me way back then is I was inspired by them. And I never forgot about him. And so I would contact him periodically, and he I think he must have said, or they said someday they'd like to work for the church or be in the church and be active in that way and helping the church and proclaiming the gospel. And I never forgot about that. So there were different opportunities that came up and, in which we would communicate about um, whether the time was right. and, and it all the Lord put it all together. In this last year and so I'm just very very thankful they're a wonderful family to have in the community in our parish and uh, they're a great blessing for our school and a great example of um, a young family living the faith so all is good so
5: Jeff as you're talking about you know making the decision to move from coaching um, to move to Jamestown here and be a principal um, I know my wife and, my, and I as we make decisions we kind of have there's a process that we work through kind of some prayers that we pray was there a process for you some um special prayers any saints that stood out to you or
6: well um i i don't know that uh any specific prayers but um a lot of prayer um when you do something for 20 years you dedicate uh, that much time it it's not easy to to say goodbye to that um uh, a lot of relationships were built and, and maintained and, and um, you know, promises made to players that when you, when you recruit them to your team that, hey, we're going to do this together. And, and so it's not something that you take lightly. But, you know, I spent time at Adoration uh, in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, my wife and I prayed together. And, and um, you know, I, I, it, it wasn't just the prayer time in the weeks prior to the the decision being final it was it was a culmination of of that constant prayer um, and I can say that I, I have said for many years that uh, God I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do wherever you want me to go whatever you want me to do um, you know use me that way but then I would also add but you got to make it clear because <laughs> yeah. yes. uh, you know it's 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 not um it's not easy and and i i i sometimes I, I you know just wait for uh, a sign uh, an indication uh, you know when things come together or or if a roadblock is put up and then you kind of resign yourself to maybe this isn't the right time the right situation and and uh, everything came together uh for this opportunity Uh you know just really smoothly um both Jody and I really felt good about it um from the very beginning and and um you know just like I said it's uh you certainly feel that this is where we're supposed to be right now and and very happy to be here so
5: if you just joined us we're visiting with Monsignor Wald who was with us uh, the last hour but also joined now with uh, Principal Jeff Trumbauer, who is the principal here at St. John's Academy. And uh, now tomorrow you have some uh, special events coming up, so talk to us about that.
6: Well, uh, tomorrow we will have our official groundbreaking uh, for an addition to our school. Uh, and like I said earlier, this has been a long-going process. It dates back, and Monsignor Wald might be able to tell me more than, than uh, I can say, but at, at least... Four or five years of, of planning and fundraising, and and um, now it becomes a reality. And uh, when you really stop and think about all that that takes place to get to this point, it's it's humbling. We um, to to begin with, uh, we've raised five point two million dollars to add on to our school, and uh, in a very short period of time, what a testament that is to. Uh, the commitment to St. John's Academy but also to to the Catholic faith here in our community to, to be able to raise that amount of money and, and for people to you know to step up and say we believe in the value of that school, we believe in the value of the of, of the Catholic faith and, and you know this needs to happen. So that, that just uh, brings some joy to your heart that, that that it's that you know vibrant here in our community. Um, but then you, if you looked at our brochure tomorrow, you see all the names of the people that have worked very hard. A lot of committee meetings, a lot of um, soliciting of donations, uh, meeting with people, lunches, breakfasts, uh, you name it, uh, to raise that amount of money. Um, people on the long-range planning committee, people on the building committee. Um, I mean, we're talking to the tunes of, of uh, hundreds of people that have all worked hard to to make this dream a reality, and I, I, I'm, you know, I don't have much of a part in this really, other than to watch it unfold here in the final final months. It, it's been, um, but you know, really really enjoyable, exciting to see, and um, it's going to be a pretty extensive addition to our school our our staff and students when you look at the pictures i i don't think it's even it hasn't set in Mm -hmm. how how much our place is going to be transformed and and how we're going to be able to improve uh the experiences that we
1: offer
7: our students
1: monsignor we talked about uh the need for it why why was this addition needed
7: well, I think that, you know, our school's been around for a long time, over 125 years. It's had a couple of additions uh, through the years, um, and not a lot of updates in the old um, main portion of the school building itself. It um, We need a little bit more size. You know, nowadays we do a lot of child care um, to assist our parents in and, and, um, meeting their needs, and so you need space for that. Um, the cafeteria was downstairs, and in the kitchen, and really in, in um, uh, needs to be updated and to uh, be refreshed, and and a place that, that is much more um, inviting, if you will, to have a meal. Also, additional classrooms are always important. You always need um, more room, and to do the work of modern education, and um, and then a chapel. Um, which is something the school has never had, and it's not connected with the basilica here, so it's not something they can walk down the hall. Um, the, the sisters had a chapel um, years ago when they had their convent there, and that building was tore down um, to make room for what we call the Zebedee Center, which is the gym addition to the school. And, um, but that belonged to the sisters. Now, the kids, the students went back and forth periodically and would have prayer in there, but it wasn't exclusively for the school and um, so for the first time in the history of our school we'll have a chapel for the students that'll seat about 80 kids it'll be a place where the blessed sacrament is um it'll be a place where we can have the holy sacrifice of the mass it'll be a place where they can come and pray um, before our lord and the blessed sacrament place to receive the sacrament of reconciliation uh, a place for us to gather and instruct even in the faith and um, I think the blessings of that or the um, the gifts of, of that reality uh, is, is going to be hard to measure. I, I think it's just going to be wonderful. And so we're, we're very, very excited. I would also add that, you know, Jeff was mentioning this has gone on for a number of years, um, really this whole effort, and that's true. And for as pastor, it's even hard for me to talk about without getting emotional. But um, it's been edifying because, you know, this place existed long before I came and it's going to exist long after I'm um, move on and so, but it's just a testimony of the great love for the faith in this city, in our community in, in St. James Basilica, the parishioners that not only sit in the pews today but have um, in the past, um, And uh, they love that school and they're willing to sacrifice in a big way um, to better the school, to enhance what we are able to offer. And, um, you know, as a pastor, there's nothing better than that. Yeah. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want people to invest in in um, the faith and, and the teachings of our Lord and living it out in their daily lives. And I think that perfectly happens with those who are able to have... Uh, Interact in a school and have benefited from a Catholic school in the past, or have had the school as a place where they've learned the faith, whether it be in faith formation or in, uh, in the regular school day. So,
1: Jeff, I have this this image. So he was talking about you know nine new class classrooms, a new chapel, a new commons and cafeteria, a new child care facility, renovated administrative administration area. So, you were a coach, right? So you've got all of these it's like getting a couple new scholarships or maybe like the new chapel a, a big recruit like how do you see this helping helping your team at the school and and really helping form students in generations to come
6: Yeah well you're you're right you can make that comparison and uh, coaching is entirely about recruiting. Uh, you can't win without great players. And, and uh, we always looked at some of the uh, things that we were able to offer them. What did our gym look like? What did our locker room look like or weight room or whatever it might be? Well, uh, you know, a, a Catholic school is, is is dependent upon enrollment. And when you have a new... Uh, building um, that's refreshed and beautiful and, and uh, is able to offer all the things that we're going to be able to offer, it, it it will be even more attractive. Not that it's been unattractive in the past, but it will be more attractive. And, and you know, that's really one of the things that, that I hope um, for as I serve as a principal is that I I want as many students in this community to be able to receive an education at St. John's Academy as as possible and um you know we have a good healthy enrollment but that that's also something that we'd like to see grow in in our time here and a a new school is going to allow us to do that and the administrative area is going to help us tremendously in that it'll uh you know when you build a school in 1950s you don't have maybe the safety concerns that that you do in in this generation so that 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 needed to be addressed and and uh you know, I, the, the renovated classrooms, nine nine new ones, which will be larger. Again, this is something, um, you know, the classrooms uh, when the building was built. We have two portions of our building. 1927 is is half the building and the other half is 1955. Um, our classrooms are, are under 700 square feet well we're looking at uh, new classrooms that they're going to be uh, substantially larger almost a thousand square feet in size and that's wow. the education's changed a lot and, and it's going to allow our, our students to be a little bit more active in their classrooms to be able to move around and, and, and do some of those things so um, it's it's just tremendously exciting and I think uh, for students and parents and, and teachers alike,
5: so this event is tomorrow. I believe it's open to the public. Yeah, very much
7: so. We have actually two events <coughs> tomorrow. We're having one at two o'clock, which would I w- always classify as the more formal event, where we have a, we'll have a, a few speakers from um, dignitaries in the city and and um, committee persons, um, and then another um, with the bishop. Bishop John Folder will be there, so we look forward to welcoming him and celebrating with him tomorrow. And then uh, Bishop is sticking around, um, and I'll have to feed him between those uh, after the, the groundbreaking. And then we will have um, another one, uh, more modified uh, celebration at 6.30 for our Faith Formation students to participate in their families and uh, to come together and to celebrate and do another groundbreaking at 6.30. So at 2 o'clock or 6.30, people are invited to both of them, and it'd be great to have the the, uh, the parking lot or the playground full of people tomorrow. Excellent.
1: Excellent. Well, thanks so much to you both for, for being on with us this morning. Very exciting times. I uh, hope the groundbreaking, everything goes well tomorrow. Thank you.
7: Thank you very much. Thanks for being here and, and what you do.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Cold All right. sometimes. Yes. <laughs> a little chilly, but yeah. But, uh, Nice sunny day. Yes. (laughs) Up next, as Catholics, we're an Easter people, but what does that mean exactly? Do we eat chocolate cakes and peeps all year long? Probably not, but Bishop Paul Serba of the Diocese of Duluth will share his thoughts on that, and later how you can use your God-given gifts to serve the needs of your parish. It's an important thing to do, and one woman's taking this to heart. She'll share her story, this and much more, when Real Presence Live continues.
4: Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live on the road to come from St. James Basilica in Jamestown, North Dakota on the Real Presence Radio Network.
3: Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering a high level of care. We're pro-life and pro-family, so we respect all human dignity while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer clinical services, including immunizations and individualized medication packaging. Mayo Pharmacy is located at 303 North 4th Street in Bismarck. Our number is 701-223-2424.
1: Hi, everyone. The Real Presence Radio Spring Live Drive fundraiser is coming up May 8th through the 10th. Please plan to call in and pledge your support of your Catholic radio station. We'll be taking this family reunion all across the listening area throughout the three days from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have a blast, and we cannot do it without you. Please consider becoming an active member of this family of faith and hope if you're not already. It's the Spring Live Drive on the RPR network, May 8th through the 10th.
9: People think A&B is in the copier business, but we're not. We are in the people business. Whether it's coffee and water, managed print services, document management, or our newest editions of promo gear and managed IT services, we've got you covered. At A&B, we're number two because our customers are number one. We can be reached at one 800 477 2425 or online at abbusiness.com.
4: You're listening to the RPR Network. Now, back to more Real Presence Live on the Road from St. James Basilica in Jamestown, North Dakota.
5: Good morning, coming to you live, Steve Swanskowski, along with Brandon Clark, and as we've mentioned, we're in uh, Jamestown, right behind St. James Basilica, um, and you can stop by and have some donuts and some coffee if you'd like to, uh, and say hi, it's a nice sunny day, a little chilly, but it's a nice sunny day, and so uh, excited to be here with you, there you go, um, Steve. and we're heading...
1: <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's
5: he's giving me a thumbs up. Uh, so this is actually part of our, uh, this is the beginning of our tour. As you, many of you may know, we have uh, this week as our live drive coming up. And so this is the beginning of our tailgate party tour. Yeah. Tomorrow we'll be coming to you live from Gillette. Wyoming, so we're going to drive to Gillette this afternoon, and then uh, Rapid City the following day, Thursday, and then Friday we'll be in Sioux Falls. But, of course, throughout the three days we'll be live programming across the whole network starting uh, tomorrow morning at 7 a.m.
1: Yeah, the big live drive, spring live drive. We've got a lot of exciting stories to share from people all across the network priests and and lay people uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to one in particular in in sioux falls where they're going to talk about jail ministry and how mm. real presence radio has impacted jail ministry
5: excellent so uh, as we head around the globe again around our uh, listening area we're going to uh, shoot now to uh duluth minnesota with uh, bishop paul serba
1: good morning bishop
10: Good morning, Steve, and good morning, Brandon. How nice to uh, connect up with you guys.
1: Yes, you too, Bishop. Thanks for being on with us this morning. You guys are driving
10: all over the place. I, I guess I didn't realize uh, Wyoming, Rapid City, Sioux Falls, that's, you're covering the territory. God bless you guys.
5: Well, you know, and this time, you know, we, we Brandon and I actually traveled together a fair amount with for different things. But this time I said, you know, I like you, Brandon, and all, but I like my wife a lot better. <laughs> um, and so we brought our wives with us. Um, so our wives are traveling with us this time, and uh, tomorrow uh, Tom Price from EWTN is flying into Gillette. He's bringing his wife, so the, we're going to have six couples traveling together in our RV. Um, going from location to location, so it's a it's a family affair, and uh, <laughs> that's so great. Makes it more enjoyable. So Bishop, you know, we just we just celebrated Easter. Um, and we're still in the Easter season, but let's talk a little bit about being an Easter people. I mean, can we as Catholics, um, you know, a lot of times I think we really struggle with the things that are happening in the world, and even st- we struggle with things that are going on in our church, and we become really angry, um, bitter, and then we walk around and say we love Jesus. Does that, does that really work? I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, how do we be an Easter you- people? <laughs>
10: <laughs> exactly. No, you, you touch on something that um, certainly our, our human condition or or what we struggle with, and, and namely our sins, you know, are always in call of need for conversion. But, you know, what's so fundamental to us as Christians is we believe that Jesus is truly risen from the dead and lives forever. And we believe that based on his word and his promises and that believers who affirm that, you know, the righteous, we believe, will live forever with the risen Christ, and he will raise us all up on the last day. And so, because that's our foundational principle, our our, our core belief, you know, we strive to live each day in that belief, and that informs how we pray, you know, our hopes and our joys and our, our sorrows or whatever we're facing in our world in which we live or in the church, you know, which is the body of Christ. So, as you say, that part about being in angry catholic or pope francis has kind of recoined a phrase a sourpuss you know i mean that's not attractive right or it's not based on that core principle no matter what we believe that jesus is is risen from the dead and that informs all we do and who we are
5: and i know it can be it can be challenging obviously we we live in this world and so we are surrounded by these things that go on and we can't just say well let's just put our head in the sand and pretend nothing bad is happening that that's not reality And that's not—but but there, there are positive ways to deal with difficulty, right?
10: Absolutely. I think that's the, that is what we, we try to do, and we try to, uh, you know, love as Jesus taught us to love, and we follow in his footsteps, both in life and ultimately in death and into resurrection. And so, as the Lord gave us the example, he faced the toughest of circumstances, right? I mean, he had to take upon himself the sins of us all. You know, he faced all kinds of rejection, persecution, but yet, through it all, no one was ever able to strip away from him the love of the Father and the love of God the Holy Spirit, and so too for his followers. As you say, we can't expect, or we're not pretending, you know, that uh, he would put on a false kind of joy or happiness, but yet, deep down, no matter what, and that does mean in the midst of our sorrows or challenges, that our belief in the Lord, and His resurrection is firm, it's a gift, and it informs how we respond to the greatest of tragedies.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I, uh, I was really struck, Bishop, in the Gospel, or not the Gospel, I believe it was the reading from Acts of the Apostles on Sunday, when it talked about how um, the Apostles, they went before the Sanhedrin, and they, they told them that they were not to preach in Jesus' name anymore. Uh, and, and I think it was like maybe the second time they had been been in front of them um but it, the line that struck me was that it said they left rejoicing at the suffering they had endured for preaching in Jesus' name. like how awesome is that and and, is that, and it almost it, to me it seems like it's a matter of the the heart that that's what it comes yeah. down to as, as Catholics.
10: And, and I, I agree with you, Brandon. And it's it's also the working of God's grace. You know, this isn't just uh, like a willpower kind of thing that we're able to do that, or the early Christians, you know, followers of Jesus, were able to do that. But it it flows from the gifts of God, the Holy Spirit, and it flows from the theological virtue of of charity and and faith and hope as well. You know, so it's it's something that. When a person is striving to live their life connected with Christ, it bears fruits, and one of the infallible signs of the presence of God the Holy Spirit is also joy, or rejoicing, even as the apostles witnessed to us in the face of persecution.
5: You know it Brandon, your your comment brings to mind too and as you were saying, I was kind of picturing you know it's very possible that at that as these difficult things happened in the in as they happen in our lives and in the apostles' lives, there there were days where they did not feel like rejoicing, but they encouraged one another maybe one you know maybe one saying, you know, oh Peter one day, Peter's like, man, this is tough." and the other guy's yeah. like, hold on man, we gotta you know this we gotta rejoice in this where and I think that's a good reminder for us all that we we need to encourage one another. Um, to rejoice even in our sorrows, to even challenge one another, um, to say, hey, you know, I know it's difficult, but remember, <laughs> I hear from a lot yeah. of people, remember, we've read the end of the book. We know how the story <laughs> ends, right? Um, right. But to, re- to remember to encourage one another, um, not to lose heart, um, right? I mean, to work together that way
10: yeah and doesn't pope francis i mean some of the words there's the language that he has given to us about accompaniment which is another way of phrasing what you just said so eloquently steve but it's that you know we we do have to be there for each other in our difficulties when we fall you know to know that somebody is walking with us we're never alone or abandoned i visit with our confirmation kids you know this time of year like the bishops are doing we're celebrating that wonderful sacrament with our young people and um their generation it's been remarked that you know in spite of all their connectivity you know that they can still be very lonely and i said we got to do a better job of that you know to reach out to our brothers and sisters uh, in their need and to accompany them be with them and build them up you know build each other up in faith and remind each other when we're uh, struggling or not happy, you know, of yeah. of the victory the Lord has won.
1: Yeah. You know, I think too, Bishop, we just had several people come into the church at Easter through the RCIA program. You know, how do we share this joy with them and reach out to them and really bring them into our, our family and into communion with everything that is happening at our parish through this joy?
10: Yeah, and I think that's one of the, the great things uh, present challenges after the RCA, it's not completed, you know, with the Easter Vigil, but it's a a new beginning, you know, and and so, as you say, Brandon, I think, how how do we reach out to them and and not forget about them, but continue to invite them, uh, the new members of the Catholic community, um, to invite them to participate in different things, to invite them into our homes, you know, to get to know them, to share faith with them, to allow them to ask us ongoing questions. Um, so that's, it's a great hope and it's a great uh, challenge for all of us practicing Catholics. Uh, I know what, our Easter Vigil here in Duluth, um, and this is also due to the wonderful work of Father Mike Schmitz at our Newman Center, but we, we brought in 17, you know, at uh-huh. our Easter Vigil, which I know others have even more, but, you know, baptizing three adult college students and 14 others were coming into the faith and, we can't forget about them, you know. We gotta right. stay connected.
5: So, yeah, I think that uh, as us, those of us who were in the church, to remember to reach out to those uh, new members of our family and um, to greet them. You know, one of the things I think of as I walk into church on Sunday, I pass a lot of people, and we have this tendency sometimes when we pass people we don't know to kind of look to the ground. <laughs> and I, <Yeah>. many <laughs> a couple of years ago, I told myself. <laughs> knock it off steve when people when you pass people look up and say good morning um and it really has for me uh, you know i just see the smile on people's faces as they walk into the church thinking you know they're strangers in our parishes sometimes or people who only come you know as uh, you know sometimes once a year at easter and to be greeted um that we are a family and uh, we want to recognize one another in our presence together in christ
10: A smile and a genuine greeting goes a long, long way, as we know, you know, and uh, when we ourselves have been visitors to a community where we're not familiar, it's a first time, it makes quite an impression, doesn't it, when someone might turn around and say, well, you, I haven't seen you here before, welcome, you know, welcome to our parish or our church or, you know, how can I be of assistance to you, all those kinds of things um, make a huge difference in making someone feel welcome and, and part of
2: right
5: yeah. absolutely and a testament to your people there in, in Duluth in the Duluth area there a bishop I I've felt that in that in that community that walking uh walking down the street there walking to the church it's like good morning how are you today I'm like wow this I feel so
10: welcomed um
5: so so kudos to you all up there
10: well thank you we're we're gonna kind of roll out the red carpet aren't you coming here on Friday <laughs> when are you going to be here for our live
5: drive (laughs) so yeah we're actually broadcasting from duluth we won't make it up there because it's too far of a drive but uh we will have father quinn still be there broadcasting and father yeah father Father ryan yeah father
1: ryan on Um, wednesday and father rich on on friday and the fun part with father ryan is that uh he'll be on with his parents deacon rick and diana so (laughs) that'll be a lot of fun
10: that will be great
1: Excellent. Well, uh, Bishop, we, we're coming quickly to uh, the end of this segment. Is there anything else uh, that you'd like to add about joy, about uh, being an Easter people?
10: I, I think we we touched on a number of uh, opportunities for that as Catholic Christians during these uh, Easter days. But celebrate well. I would encourage everybody the great 50 days of Easter until The Feast of Pentecost, and certainly beyond that as well, but these are very special days for us to take time or a moment, you know, each day to reflect on the reality of the Lord's resurrection and how that does touch our lives and make a difference, you know, in who we are. And to invite the Lord into, you know, all parts of our life, but especially if there is a hurt or something, say, Lord, come in, help resolve this so that I might have even greater freedom to proclaim your goodness and the glory of your resurrection, and along with our Mother Mary, to rejoice you know, in the resurrection of the of the Lord.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks so much again, Bishop, for your time this morning. And we look forward to visiting with you on Friday, I believe it is, during the live drive.
10: Excellent. Thanks a lot for all your work. God bless you guys. God Thank
5: bless you. you
1: too. Up next, giving back to our parish community. It's not just a nice idea. It's a very needed thing. You are needed. Your gifts are needed. Your time and talent make a difference. So don't believe the lie that you have nothing to offer. This is what we'll talk about as we visit with Mary Geoffrey on the other side of the break. Keep it right here as Real Presence Live On the Road continues next.
4: Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live On the Road to come from St. James Basilica in Jamestown, North Dakota on the Real Presence Radio Network.
1: Hi, everyone. The Real Presence Radio Spring Live Drive fundraiser is coming up May 8th through the 10th. Please plan to call in and pledge your support of your Catholic radio station. We'll be taking this family reunion all across the listening area throughout the three days from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have a blast, and we cannot do it without you. Please consider becoming an active member of this family of faith and hope if you're not already. It's the Spring Live Drive on the RPR Network, May 8th through the 10th.
0: At the University of Mary, we offer a world-class education that's truly affordable. 99% of our students receive scholarships, and we offer a groundbreaking year-on-campus option to earn your bachelor's degree in just 2.6 years, or a master's in four. That means less cost, less debt, and a tremendous boost in your lifetime earnings. For these reasons and more, we're the nation's most affordable, serious Catholic university. Discover more at ComeToMary.com, that's come ComeToMary.com. People think A
9: and B is in the copier business, but we're not. We are in the people business. Whether it's coffee and water, managed print services, document management, or our newest editions of promo gear and managed IT services, we've got you covered. At A&B, we're number two because our customers are number one. We can be reached at 1-800-477-2425 or online at abbusiness.com.
1: The Real Presence Radio Spring Live Drive fundraiser is coming up May 8th through the 10th. Please plan to call in and pledge your support of your Catholic radio station. We'll be taking this family reunion all across the listening area throughout the three days from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have a blast, and we cannot do it without you. Please consider becoming an active member of this family of faith and hope if you're not already. It's the Spring Live Drive on the RPR Network, May 8th through the 10th.
0: At the University of Mary, we offer a world-class education that's truly affordable. 99% of our students receive scholarships, and we offer a groundbreaking year-on-campus option to earn your bachelor's degree in just 2.6 years or a master's in four that means less cost less debt and a tremendous boost in your lifetime earnings for these reasons and more we're the nation's most affordable serious catholic university discover more at come to that's come to mary.com people think a and b is in the copier business but we're not
9: we are in the people business. Whether it's coffee and water, managed print services, document management, or our newest editions of promo gear and managed IT services, we've got you covered. At A&B, we're number two because our customers are number one. We can be reached at 1-800-477-2425 or online at abbusiness.com.
8: We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter,
0: At the University of Mary, we believe, as did St. John Paul II, that truth is known through both faith and reason. Human reason seeks the truth, but ultimate truth about life cannot be found by reason alone. In today's challenging higher education scene, the University of Mary is flourishing because our mission is to help students live fully in this way. Not just existing, but really living. We offer education for the whole of life. And that's the difference. Discover the Mary difference at come That's come
1: Hi, everyone. The Real Presence Radio Spring Live Drive fundraiser is coming up May 8th through the 10th. Please plan to call in and pledge your support of your Catholic radio station. We'll be taking this family reunion all across the listening area throughout the three days from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have a blast, and we cannot do it without you. Please consider becoming an active member of this family of faith and hope if you're not already. It's the Spring Live Drive on the RPR Network, May 8th through the 10th.
4: This is Real Presence Live on the Road, where once a month we bring the show to your community. If you're nearby this morning, come visit us at St. James Basilica in Jamestown. Now, back to more great stories from the local people you know and love.
5: As I mentioned, we're visiting here in Jamestown with Mary Geoffrey, and we're talking a little bit about volunteerism in parishes, giving your time and your talent, um, and, and really kind of answering that question if people ask You know, can I really help my parish? And Mary, we were talking a little bit about that. With volunteer hours, I want to talk a little bit about volunteer hours and talents. There's so many talents in our communities um, that people can share with their parishes, things that they love to do. You don't even have to go to your parish and say, well, I hate doing this, but I'll do it anyway. You could probably go to your parish and do something you love, right?
11: Right, right. Give
5: us some examples of of that.
11: Okay, I can give you examples. In the Tabernacle Society, we have uh, all of the women of the church belong to Tabernacle Society. You can give by uh, making goodies that are taken to, to funerals. You can help uh, ser- serving with funerals. You can do sewing for the parish. You can do cleaning. Uh, other things like the liturgical volunteerism, proclaiming at Mass, being Eucharistic minister, uh, leading people in uh, prayer groups, in uh, Bible studies, mm-hmm. praying the rosary before church. There's a lot of things you can do. People that volunteer out of the cemetery to help clean.
5: You know, and sometimes I think maybe the struggle, at least I I would think for my wife and I, when we had young children, you know, it was hard to say, well, we're so busy taking care of our children that we really can't volunteer at the parish at this point. We can't be in the choir. We can't do this and that other thing. Are there ways, um, are there ways that families with small children can still um, volunteer at their parishes and, and still you know, deal with the activity of having to take care of their children or the ideas well, I mind? think
11: that there are, there. we have here and I know that a lot of other parishes do too, uh, like coffee and donuts on Sunday morning where kids can help come and serve that stuff, mm-hmm. there's fall festivals fall dinners and things like that where the kids can come and help serve those things uh,
5: so you just kind of have to be creative and, and look, right. at, look at the charism of your family right. and say what can our family bring to our parish and do it as a family
11: I think it's better to do it as a family than to, as opposed to getting a babysitter, or leaving the kids at home, and then uh, mom and dad go and do it because that's the way I learned that I need to give to my parish is, was going with my parents yeah. and doing things that I could do and having fun with it.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about it, your involvement. To, wh- what sorts of ministries are you involved with and why are you involved with them?
11: Well, I'm involved in a lot of things probably because my husband is a deacon and uh, and because I think I blame it, first of all, on my parents because they got us involved and taught us that we need to be involved, and it was a way for me always to get to know people. Mm-hmm. When you work with people, you get to know them better. So things I'm involved with, I am a proclaimer, I'm an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion, I belong to the Tabernacle Society, I'm on the Parish Council, uh, my husband and I teach the RCIA program, uh, I'm also on the Hope and Truth radio Excellent. board here. I'm active in Crisio. So there's a lot of different things you can do, not just the same thing all the time. Right. But you can be involved in any way you want to be. Right. Can,
1: can you talk about the beauty of being involved in these ministries and, and, giving, <clears throat> excuse me, and giving back to your parish in, in so many different ways?
11: Well, I th- it, in my mind, that's part of tithing that we are asked to give of ourselves. We always think of tithing as being money, but I see it as giving part of me, my time, and who I am to my parish. So if we go back to Old Testament time and we're asked to give 15%, well, if you look at 15% of your life, part of that is just your personality, your time, your uh, enjoyment. I also think that um, this is a way of me taking ownership in my parish, that I don't look at the basilica as being Monsignor's church. It's actually my church, and this is my extended family. And so uh, the way I get to know people is working alongside of them. Hmm. So whether it's doing dishes or, or uh, cleaning or serving a meal... You talk to them in a different way than you would sitting down in a Bible study together. So you get to know personalities.
1: Yeah, well, and you're also building relationships, right? You're investing in those around you. Correct. And and I think that's really important to serve alongside our brothers and sisters, but invest in those relationships and, and help them to know that they're loved and they're welcome.
11: Right, because then if you see them as your extended family, you treat them as family. And like you said, you invest your time and your talent in them. As well as your church. And I really think that um, God asks us to be community because we're asked to be like Him. God is community, so we develop community by working along with our brothers and sisters that we consider our family.
5: Absolutely. If you just joined us, we're coming to you live from St. James Basilica and we're visiting with Mary Geoffrey, talking about giving our time and our talent at our parishes. Um, and if you're thinking out there right now, well, I just don't, don't have anything I can give. All you have to do is look at the talents that the, that the Lord has given you. And if you think of the story in scripture where the person goes out and they bury their talents and they come back and they kind of get yeah. chewed out, right? Like they really get chewed out? <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get chewed out when the Lord comes back, right? So we're looking for those talents to be sh- to really share at our parish because they make a difference. I'm, we just came off a spring a celebration at the Cathedral in Fargo and my wife, And I were uh, coordinators of that, and just seeing how the little talents of every family comes together to make this amazing event. It's never one person; it can't be one person who does everything. And you mentioned previously a little bit about how you can do this. You you don't have to do this all the time. You don't have to. You can do different things. I think is isn't it good inside your parish to have somebody do something for a certain amount of time and then step back so other people will step forward? Talk about that a little bit. That's right.
11: Yes, and it's good to have. I think it's good to have people that work underneath another person who has done it for a few years and then they come into leadership position and the the first person like you said steps back and takes over we have a rummage sale that the tabernacle does every year and that's happened there where the person Mm. that's been leading it for uh, quite a number of years has stepped back and and another person is stepping forward and uh, getting more of the people that she knows involved so it isn't always the same people doing the same thing
5: yeah. yeah, so you invite your friends to help you with Correct. an event, which, which gets a different segment of the parish involved. No matter how small or large your parish is, right. there are different kind of, I don't know, I don't want to call it cliques, but communities, you know, that are different relationships.
11: Right, people that know that they work well together. Yeah,
5: yeah we'll, exactly. go,
11: we'll pick up and do something. I think it's a good way of getting younger people involved, too. You know, we always look for ways to get the young families involved and find things that they can... Uh, claim as their own so that they can be a part of the church right. family as well.
1: Well, and you really yeah. have to, because at a certain point, you're not going to be able to do everything or be involved in so many That's things, right. right? Somebody has to be able to pick it up.
11: That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Well, and the other thing too, is that we just talked a little bit about, we, you know, many parishes just had RCIA classes and they have new uh, people coming into their parishes. What I, I find very exciting is that these uh, people who are coming into the parish knew Coming into the church are looking for a way to be involved in their community. They're looking for a way to help um, in the local community and are just recognizing the value of their talents in the Lord. And so, right, really reaching right. out to them and saying, "Hey, could you help us out?" And uh,
11: and that is part of our CIA is that we introduce them to all the things that are happening in the church. We here That's just that this great. past weekend had Time and Talent weekend where we had like a two two page sheet on both sides of things that people can look and see that are happening in our church community and they can sign up for.
1: Yeah. Well, and Steve, you, you, and you would say, you know, if somebody comes up to you and asks if you need help, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, I do need help. Yeah.
11: And you always say yes. Exactly. Even if you have to find a job for them to do. Amen. You say yes. Amen. <laughs> yes. We're on the same yes. page, sister.
5: Yes. 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 Don't yeah. ever, don't ever, if somebody walks up to you at an event and says, oh, can I help? Oh, I got it covered. No,
2: don't no.
11: do that. You step back and let them do what you were
5: doing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes, right. that's how we need that because, Really, it is a community, um, is. And, and those who have been in leadership for many years, wonderful. Thank you for your service. Now teach others to lead as you lead, because that's what is the future of the parish, the tr- future yeah, of your church.
11: Correct. I was thinking about this this morning, too, and thinking that this this can also serve as a part of evangelization, hmm. where people from other communities come and see how well we work together, how much we enjoy being a family together. They want what we have, and maybe they'll look into catholic church right because we are a joyful people and we work well together as a family so in in a little tiny way it can be part of evangelization
1: yeah well we were talking with bishop serba from duluth about joy and and being an easter people and uh you know there's just something about when you meet a holy person they just radiate with joy right you know and and that's that is so attractive and it makes you want to have that joy, right?
11: Right. I I agree. Yes. Yeah.
5: So if you're out there thinking right now, you know, gosh, you know, this is making me wonder if maybe I shouldn't go um, see what, how I can become involved in my parish. Uh, that's the Holy Spirit, okay? He's telling you that right now to become involved in your parish, um, to share your gifts with your parish family. Um, and you know, I know sometimes we sit back and we go, "I'm wa- going to wait for somebody to invite me." I'm going to wait for someone to invite me to become involved. Don't do that because, you know, it, it, I, it's the human thing. And sometimes we just decide, I just, you know what? The way to get this done is to do it myself, right? And so we just do it and we forget to invite others. So, you know, don't wait to be invited. Step forward, walk into your parish office and say, how can I help?
11: Right. As uh, soon as you move into a par- new parish, exactly. go in and sign in and find out how you can help.
1: We just have a minute left here. Is there anything else that you'd like to share that you've been thinking about in terms of parish involvement?
11: Well, I heard from a wonderful lady that in Mayville, when we lived in Mayville, that she said the first thing you ought to do when a young family moves into a parish, number one, the people in the parish reach out to them, and number two, those people have to take it on themselves to come into their parish office and sign up, find out how they can be involved, bring their kids in.
1: Excellent. Well, it's been a delight to visit with you this morning, Mary, and and to uh, wrap up our show. And as Steve was mentioning earlier, this is just the beginning of our tailgate party this week, which includes the live drive Wednesday through Friday. But we do have more Real Presence Live coming up next week, which Aaron, our producer here, is going to tell us about. Right, Aaron?
6: That's right. We actually have a great three days coming up in our spring live drive. We have a lot of fun guests, and it'll be a wonderful time to reflect on the beauty of Catholic Radio. We will be in many locations coming to you on the road. Tune, to hear, tune in to hear more from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. this Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. All this coming up here on Real Presence Radio Network. I got you guys
1: excellent thanks so much aaron and uh steve it's been (laughs) it's been such a fun time today huh
5: yeah you know it's just really great to get out um and visit with the folks even though you know we're standing outside here and it's the the sun uh beating down um just to be out i think Uh, earlier this year we talked with our our staff and said you know we got to stop broadcasting from studios and get out uh, and be out where the people are at. And uh, so, coming out to the parishes, and we thank uh, the people of St. James Basilica for welcoming welcoming us here. And it's not just, you know, I thank Brandon and Aaron for getting everything set up. It's not like we just stand here. Brandon had to get up this morning and start running cables and connecting up for internet and, and power. Um, we've got our tent set up here to keep us out of the wind and whatnot. So. It does take some time and energy, and uh, we thank uh, all of the folks who have welcomed us to come into their communities. Will, As mentioned, we'll be in Gillette tomorrow. Yep. We'll drive there now, and then uh, Rapid City on uh, Thursday and Sioux Falls on Friday. And, and going forward, we're going to continue to do our monthly on-the-road uh, segments. Uh, I think uh, down the road we'll be coming live uh, to you live from Minneapolis, from Bemidji. I know of those two on the, on the, uh, the horizon out there. Yeah. Um, So thanks for tuning in, and thank you for continuing to pray for us, especially. That's one of those talents. Uh, We all have the ability to pray, um, to intercede um, to our Lord for one another, and uh, really support one another in prayer. And so continue to pray for us.
1: And we have been streaming this morning on Facebook Live, and I I just love reading the comments. They're so fun. Uh, Jeff Bates, a good Catholic counselor who we've had on the radio several times, says, stay warm. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do our best. We're trying. And uh, Therese says, love this station. God bless you all. I, I mean... That's what it's about, right? Bringing the gospel truth to as many people as we possibly can.
5: Absolutely. So pray for us. calling in and pledge especially. This is our, our live drive coming up, coming up the next three days, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. We do need your support to continue this work, and we thank you for that um, and for your prayers.
1: Absolutely. Thanks again. This has been Real Presence Live on the Road, coming to you from St. James Basilica here in Jamestown, North Dakota. Thanks to all the great people who have been on this morning, from Monsignor Wald to Jeff Trumbauer to Deacon Vadova to Mary. And um, we, certainly, uh, we certainly appreciate the warm welcome and look forward to visiting you in your community in June. Thanks so much. God bless.
4: This has been a special broadcast of Real Presence Live on the Road, coming to you from St. James Basilica in Jamestown, North Dakota, only on the RPR Network. Real Presence Live brings you local hosts and guests every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning from 9 to 11 Central. Hear the encore of the Tuesday show on Saturday from 6 to 8 a.m. Central, the encore of the Wednesday show from 8 to 10, and the encore of the Thursday show from 10 to noon. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through our Facebook page. Be sure to watch for our next On the Road show next month. We just might be live in your town. Real Presence Live on the Road. Local, engaging, and live from your local community.